The Art of the Pivot is brought to you by Signavio. Hello again, Mark Jeffries here with another fascinating conversation. My guest today is Vinay Mumigati. He is the Chief Automation Officer at LexisNexis, which is, as you know, a multi-billion dollar global provider of legal, regulatory, and business information and analytics products. As the company's CAO, Vinay is the leading intelligent process automation and digital transformation across global business operations. He is a pioneer in implementing hyper-automation strategies and platforms across industry value chains, and is an industry expert in emerging technologies across AI, machine learning, RPA, intelligent process, automation, advanced analytics, virtual agents, and hyper-automation architecture as well. That's a lot. As a result, his work has helped three Fortune 500 companies to increase revenues, reduce costs, and improve the customer experience. Vinay, welcome. Was, was that enough? Oh, it was a mouthful, but thank you very much. <laughs> You're very welcome. Where do we find you today? Where are you located? Uh, I'm based in Charlotte, North Carolina. Wonderful. Thank you again for spending some time with us. So just to put people in the picture, tell us about your work at LexisNexis and the types of projects that you're currently involved in. Uh, my role at LexisNexis uh, allows me to lead the strategy for uh, automation and process excellence. And uh, in my role, I have been involved with various programs and digital transformation initiatives that cut across um, all parts of the company. Um, we are a global firm with operations in more than 100 countries. Predominantly, my focus is on uh, various value chains like sales and marketing, order to cash, fulfillment activities, customer service, and uh, content operations where we deal with a large volume of content and uh, data sources. And uh, many of the projects we do cut across the key technologies, which you already mentioned um, earlier, uh, but more importantly, I would say that some of the initiatives I would like to mention is we are applying natural language processing to a large part of our content operations, which is changing the way how we collect the con content, how we transform it and how we publish it. And we are applying uh, robotic process automation across a lot of legacy systems and data sources, modernization. And of course, intelligent process automation is across sales and marketing, contract uh, workflows, and um, customer onboarding. You name it, pretty large processes we have been automating using these technologies. Now, before we get into what that's like and the challenges you face, I'm always interested to know what drives it within the business. Is it a C-suite conversation? Is it your team? Is it your end customers? Who drives some of these radical changes within the organization? Oh, that's a great question. Um, I would say pretty much we are focused on uh, two key sources of that motivation. One is the customer itself. I mean, our customer demands and our customer uh, value perception continues to change. And everything we do all the way from products and services has to be relevant to the customers. And we are constantly adapting to the customer needs. And that is what keeps us on our toes. And automation for us has been like, how do we improvise our products and services to make sure we are able to deliver the right products at the right cost, with the right quality, and at the right speed to the customers. And that keeps us always motivated to make sure we're making a difference uh, in our customers' lives. 
All right, that is good to know. And, and to be honest, that makes so much sense because why do we do anything along the lines of innovation and improvement? We're trying to improve both internally and of course externally to all of those stakeholders. So there you are busy improving operations on a global scale for a huge organization. I'm guessing there are challenges. What, what do they look like for you and how do you go about managing them? Well, when we take up any kind of uh, automation or digital transformation programs, um, we come across challenges which are either due to um, broken processes, where we have uh, processes which, uh, I mean, there's no semblance of process, but there are activities going on all over the place. So the first order of priority for us is to how do we make sure that we are automating a good process and not a bad process. So that's where a lot of those challenges are surfacing out because defining a new process and making sure it works well with the new technology is not always easy. And then comes the factors around the broken or legacy systems. We are a global country with many different ERP systems, many different CRM systems. How do we make sure that any automation or transformation we do is basically adapting to all these diverse legacy systems, which are often redundant and sometimes they are on the path to sunset. So dealing with those legacy investments is very critical. And last but not the least, it is the culture that matters the most. Like, are we ready for change? How do we adapt to the change? How do we manage disruption and make sure we are successful at the end of the day? Those three touch. Those three challenges keep me awake at uh, night all the time. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure they do. I want to dig a little bit into one of them, talking about you. Know, there's no point in investing in a bad process. There's no point in automating a disappointing process. But but who decides? which is a good process and which isn't? Because I'm sure in your organization and the others you've worked in, there are people so bought into a bad process, they would cry if it was gone, but somebody has recognized that it's no good. So who makes that decision? Well, it is always a collaboration between uh, my team, where we lead the uh, process excellence as one of our foundational uh, enablement activities because we come with the expertise in terms of knowing how to define the process, how do we define a target state for a process which is ready for a digital uh, adoption. And then when we work with the stakeholders and subject matter experts, many times our subject matter experts don't have a semblance of process in their mind. They always look at binocular activities along the way. For the first time when we see the when we show them the process, it's a revelation for many of them. And um, it takes some time for them to digest it because if they had actually seen the process, my job would have been very easy. So that's where we start off trying to give them the big picture and then journey begins from there. How do I optimize it? How do I get it ready? How do I rationalize it, etc. Which is not very pleasant many times, but... Um, it's part of the job. It's part of life. Right. Yes, You've, exactly. um, you obviously yeah. live and breathe this stuff. You've written articles about customer centricity and process. How do you see the relationship between these two disciplines? I mean, you said at the beginning of the chat, you do this for the customers, but people talk customer centricity a lot, but they don't always act that way. Yep. Uh, for us, customer centricity is at the heart of everything we do, whether it is product innovation or operations or services. And the way I look at it is um, when we are trying to implement uh, any kind of a process transformation or automation, uh, the key goal for us is like, what is the value we are delivering to the customer at the end of the process? Um, because we often have been in those paradigms where we say this is a front office process or this is a mid office process or a back office process. For me, there is nothing like three different classes of process. Everything touches the customer one way or another. So the goal for us is to make sure it's the cost 
at which po at which uh, point we are able to deliver the service or a product to the customer the speed and the third is the experience that we are able to create and many times um, we always compare ourselves and benchmark not to the uh, competitors in the same industry but we look at the googles and the facebooks of the world and how they are creating disruption and how can we be um, you know following those kind of models Fantastic, thank you. Uh, now, I know that you know a fair amount about the area of intelligent automation. Could you tell us a bit more about what that is, how you define it, and how organizations like LexisNexis are actually using it? Yep, great question. Uh, intelligent automation is an evolving concept and a term. Uh, if you look back uh, five to 10 years, uh, what I used to call as intelligent automation meant just putting some business rules and decision automation along the process or making integrations and creating real-time data available. But fast forward few years now and then what for us automation or intelligent automation means is creating systems that are emulating human intelligence. Basically, I'm creating automation solutions which can bring the ability to sense, think and act like humans. And just uh, breaking it a little more open here is we look at three different patterns. One is at the highest level, how can I deal with unstructured content, which could be looking at images, looking at voice, looking at text. And this is where humans play a big role. And for me, the goal is um, not only for me, but for the entire team, it is about how do I take out the human dependency on low value added activities where I can probably build AI based systems. And next is about looking at end to end orchestration of processes, which is a second pattern. And that's where we are looking at business process management as another opportunity. And there are many activities along the way which are data centric, tactical, it's lift and shift, um, highly structured and deterministic, where robotic process automation is making a big difference at the ground level. So between these three broad parameters or patterns, I see most of the automations being handled today. I mean, when you know people talk about the future of AI, they talk like you do, which is we're trying to recreate that, that human element, that moment where a human can look at something and instantly understand what is going on, that, that instant of almost perfect knowledge. How close are we to recreating that in AI? If, let's say, the AI story starts at zero and this, this chalice is reached at 100, where are we on the journey between zero and 100? Well, by some uh, scientists or um, I would say thought leaders in the space, we are at least 30 years away from reaching that stage of where I can say I have created a perfect emulation of a human brain or human uh, performance. Uh, but I would say that uh, in the last five years, we have seen a leapfrogging in terms of technologies and what I couldn't even imagine five years back, I can deliver that today with the technologies. So we are exponentially uh, moving forward. And I just hope that that 30 years could probably be much shorter. Well, I suspect it will, because I'm betting that you're saying 30 years based on current technology and our current understanding. But if you were surprised with what we've done in five years, I can't imagine what will happen five years from now. The big part about what is missing is the emotional aspects of uh, human intelligence. And for AI to gra grab that emotional aspect, it will take a longer time. One's very emotional right now, so there's even more work for AI to do. Uh, you've got to you've got to strike a balance, right, between the automation element and the human element, and of course you've got to involve humans in trying to get to that automation element. So, any inside tricks on how you approach this uh, and how you advise the organisation what you're aiming for and what you can deliver in the short term? 
for us humans are at two levels one is i talked about customers earlier because that's where we keep the human aspect of customer in mind when we deliver value but more importantly when i look at the employees at large um, there are teams who are contributing to the automation process but then there are teams who are also uh, facing the outcome from an automation initiative so there are two ways one is uh, how can they contribute to the efforts involved in automation being process experts being uh, operational leaders but then when we deliver automation sometimes jobs are getting affected sometimes we have to reengineer and uh, completely reorganize the departments which causes a lot of pain many times for the employees so for us as a global um, company big focus for me and other leaders has been how do we engage employees at every level of this journey keep our communication channels open explain to them why we are doing it and then also make sure that we are training and enabling for the future of work we just launched a massive training program and certification called cape university which is center for automation and process excellence and everyone in the company 10000 employees have access to these trainings and certifications so nobody feels left behind it's completely democratized way of right. educating and enabling i love that idea and i've also heard it said that it's how you frame the conversation as well artificial intelligence just sounds like you know skynet and terminator but if you alter it to augmented intelligence suddenly it becomes a helping hand for the human element does that play a role do you think especially when addressing company culture yes absolutely in fact i would say augmented intelligence is uh, not only a good feel good kind of a term but it's also the reality because uh, as i said we are way way far away from the perfect artificial intelligence today most systems that we build i would say 100% of the ai systems do have human in loop where human is a validation point but all the low end of the activities are being taken care by the ai systems fascinating i'd be interested to know what you you've worked for different organizations of course now lexus nexus but when you walk into an organization how do you rate and measure the company's automation technology there's probably a lot of people watching now think oh yes we have a fair amount of automation it's all going rather well but what do you look for what's important um well i mean i work for three companies bank of america united healthcare and now here um for me when i look at a company and assess the maturity of their automation um, program as a whole i want to start seeing from the c level leaders in terms of what is their vision for automation do they see automation as a tactical activity push down um, the complete org structure or do they believe that it is a competitive advantage for them and they need to drive it as a strategic investment that's where it starts off and then i also want to look at how centralized they are in their decision making if you let it run um, across the organization like do whatever you want probably very soon you will find that things are fizzling out good and bad outcomes getting a bad rap for automation but if you set up a enterprise organization like a center of excellence or a shared service which drives strategy standards enablement governance portfolio management and finally bringing everything together in terms of showing it to the investors saying this is how we are deriving value whether it is experience or revenues or cost i think that is a a matured state of uh, automation program in a company 
Fabulous. Thank you for your insight. All right, let's start wrapping this conversation up. A lot of people watching are in charge of transformation, whether it's a, a small case of transformation or across the world. You lead global transformation in so many different ways. Any advice that you would share on pushing through this ongoing challenge? You've got people, you have technology, you have the changing state of the world. My goodness, the pandemic has become this catalyst for change. Yeah. But what advice would you share on leading a global transformation? Well, I think the answer is hidden in the question you asked me, because when you talk transformation at a global level, it is like um, uh, navigating a large container ship through rough waters. And uh, essentially, if I were to look at one key factor for success, it is the captain of the ship that matters the most. So I would say that what kind of a leadership you have at the helm of leading global transformation, how experienced they are, how connected they are with all levels of the organization, and do they know exactly what outcomes and strategies they are trying to drive, that matters the most here. Rest of all the things will come in place if you have the right people at the helm of this program. I love that. And, and as a PS to that answer, and this is something I care about deeply, the way you communicate that change, I'm guessing is huge. Some people communicate it only yeah. from their tech perspective, others almost translate it to the rest of the business. How do you approach communication? Yeah, I think that's uh, another key pillar here. Um, coming uh, coming from almost like uh, 15 years back, I was deep into the technology roots, but I had to change myself over a period of time to say that, oh, it's not technology that matters the most. It is about connecting with the outcomes, making sure that answering the question to the larger audience in terms of why are we doing something? Why is uh, transformation or automation important for us? Second is to look at making sure that everyone understand um, you know, what is in it for me? Why, why, what would they gain by the initiative? And be a, uh, a prolific communicator because the more we communicate, the put, we put everyone at rest and make sure they are very comfortable. And I've seen this uh, a big impact on the employee engagement. When we don't communicate, it drops drastically. When we communicate more and more, people feel comfortable and it goes up. I couldn't agree with you more. Vinay Momigati, thank you so much for spending time with us and sharing some of your experience and, of course, your insight. Thank you. It's my pleasure. Thank you for the opportunity. The Art of the Pivot is brought to you by Signavio.